0: act 1 of gretchen by w s gilbert this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org gretchen a play in 4 acts first produced at the olympic theatre on march the 24 1879 dramatis
1: personae dominic read by david purdy
2: Anselm. Read by Alan Mapstone.
3: Faustus. Read by Mike Menelakis.
2: Gottfried. Read by
4: Kurtz. Mephisto. Read by Todd.
1: Agatha. Read by Diane Castillo.
0: Bessie. Read by Kathy Marie Walshek.
4: Barbara. Read by T. J. Burns. Lisa. Read by
3: Kelly Taylor gretchen read by jen broder martha read by sonia
1: friedrich read by david purdy
0: stage directions read by adrian stevens note the leading idea of this play was suggested by goths faust the author is indebted to that work for the scene between mephisto and martha in act two in every other respect the dialogue is original gretchen act one scene under the cloisters of a monastery in the centre of the stage a graveyard in the graveyard conspicuous among other tombs is a tall monument procession of monks crosses the stage at back moonlight dominic discovered seated reading to him enters anselm
1: pax for Biscum, father
2: benedicite i am rejoiced that after many perils by sea and land i am once more among you how fares our poor sick faustus by
1: heaven's grace he is in body well yet much i fear there lies some hidden canker at his soul when he was prostrate on a fevered bed the utterings of his delirium were rather those of some base man of sin than of a holy father vowed to heaven
2: thy news is grave indeed but knowest thou this from thine own knowledge ay
1: in truth i do i took my turn with the others at his bed and all who watched him made the same report when the delirium was at its worst his fevered brain was filled with worldly dreams, and seemed to revel in the guilty joys that he for once and all had long forsworn. Now at a gaming table, flushed with wine, and swearing roundly that the dice were loaded, now at a drunken revel, trolling forth ungodly songs that set mine ears ablaze, now at the chase, now breathing words of love into the ears of some fair wanton then invoking curses on her wantonness
2: but spake he never of the holy life that he is sworn to lead
1: nay never once unless it were to curse the evil haste that led him to it
2: it affects me much to hear these tidings of our well-loved faustus I knew that, ere he took his holy vows, he led a life of sin, and for that cause I more rejoiced his heart had turned to grace. But see, he comes. Leave me alone with him. I'll speak to him as father speaks to son.
1: May heaven speed thy work. Exit Dominic.
0: Enter Faustus
2: come hither son the kindly brothers who attended thee in thy delirium have no like cause to think that though thy priestly ministries are to the letter faithfully performed thy heart
3: is bent on worldly matters still of what do they complain can any say that i have failed in my observances that i have spoken ill of any man that i live not a chaste and sober life that i am loath to pray with dead and dying are not my priestly duties well discharged
2: would that all priests within these sacred walls took thee for an example in these matters but who can read the inmost heart of man the lips may move in prayer and but the lips speak to me frankly tell me by what means thou wast induced to quit the world without its fleeting pleasures and its lasting pains for the pure calm of these
3: monastic shades o father holy father bear with me my heart is very sore
2: come tell me all fear nothing Speak to me as
3: to thyself. How shall I speak to such a one as thou, of an intense and all-believing love, Betrayed, abandoned, trampled underfoot, Of pure and simple faith in one fair woman, Unswerving faith, faith absolute and whole, And of the deadly agony that came of finding that well-trusted woman false? all the more fault for the divine truth promise that played upon her fair and placid brow all the more fault for the hot passion vows that leaped in hurried whispers from her lips i gave her all the wealth of my rich heart i lived upon her love i fed my life with the sweet poison of her lying lips in utter trust god help me one dark day in the high noon of all my happiness my heart upraised to heaven in gratitude for the fair promise of our coming life she left me for a man whose proffered love had formed the theme of many an idle jest but he was rich and so she went to him at once the open volume of her life lay plain before me and i read therein that she was womankind mad with the frenzy of a shipwrecked heart and with the old fond test words of our love ringing a mocking echo through my brain i cursed the world and all the women in it and here sought sanctuary
2: ah oh, my son this haven from the tempests of the world should not be sought in bitterness of soul only the pious heart turned heavenwards from very love of heaven will here find rest till heaven, in its good time, shall garner it. But take good heart. I'll talk with thee tonight, and with the help of heaven give thee good counsel. Be comforted. The world without is hollow, as thou in thine hot wrath did reckon it. Thy wrath
3: had reason in it. Be comforted.
2: EXIT
0: ANSELM.
3: Only the pious heart turned heavenwards from very love of heaven. Fit formula to typify the fierce embittered bittered cynic, who in heart-misery sought refuge here as a poor, worried, overhunted fox, cursing his persecutors, runs to earth to lick his bleeding flanks in sulky peace and brood in solitude on men and dogs. No hope, no hope, no hope! For life entombed, for life cut off from life, a breathing man wrapped in a winding sheet of his own weaving, a living heart, inurned and sepulchred.
0: Enter Gottfried, disguised as a monk. Good brother,
5: Pax Vobiscum.
3: Benedicite.
5: Art thou the monk who in the world without was known as Faustus?
3: Aye, the very same
5: i am a travelling dominican sent to thee by the prior of our order who having heard much scandalous report of thy most heinous immoralities instructs me with all friendly privacy to urge thee to amend thy naughty life or if thou findest this impossible as there is reason to believe thou mayst so to conceal and cloak thy wanton ways That thou, at least, may seem to be a saint, and so afford no handle to the grasp of the all watchful enemies of our church.
3: Strange mission, strangely worded, holy brother. What doth your prior allege? And by what right dares he to counsel such hypocrisy? Whence comes his information?
5: From Sir Gottfried, a very blameless, pure, and godly knight who once a boon companion of thy follies hath since repented and indicted thee for that despite thy vows of continence thou livest the old life
3: now by the truth never lied Godfrey. thus
5: nay by the truth i speak his
3: very words and
5: here's
0: the proof throws off his robe and appears as a young soldier
3: gottfried is this indeed my dear old friend the
5: same indeed bound for the wars again my troop of horse is passing through the town and hearing that thou wast within these walls i asked for thee a bearded brother came and with scant courtesy he bade me wait thy leisure in the great refectory there much perplexed to know with what address i might most ceremoniously greet so eminent a theologian i saw this rag-bag hanging on a peg thou knowest the rest
3: i am rejoiced to see thee despite thy ill-timed jest
5: and this faustus the old daredevil faustus marvellous when last i saw thee thou wast bravely clad in coat of cramoisy and by thy side there swung the readiest rapier in the town
3: hush hush these vanities are past and gone and many others with them by the by
5: there was a black-eyed wench a plump brown rogue with full red lips and twinkling ankles too dost recollect her ankles no i do Let's see, her name. What was the wench's name? Has she gone with the other vanities?
3: I prithee, stop thy tongue. I loved the girl, and she was false to me. My heart died out. I sickened of the world and woman's love, and here sought refuge.
5: Oh, for shame, for shame, to hold the world to be a hollow world, because one heart has proved a hollow heart. Now hear a parable. But ten days since, a swindling huckster gave me a bad ducat. Now by my head I thought that ducat good. It seemed so fair and bright, and as it lay upon my open palm, I read thereon a pious legend drawn from holy writ. Believing that a ducat, wreathed about with such a goodly warrant, could not lie. I loved that ducat, and I trusted it well well the ducat proved to be but base with a deep sigh for gold is scarce with me i cast that ducat from me but did i on that account forswear all ducats no my love for ducats and my need of them are just as keen as ever
3: peace old friend i am a priest who once forswore the world because he thought all women false think you that being priest and sitting day by day in yon confessional i have seen cause to hold my judgment cheap
5: plague on thy judgments judgments ready-made are counterparts of garments ready-made that fit some well some ill some not at all i know a maiden scarce eighteen years old fair as the apple-green of early dawn pure as the summer sun of southern heaven A psalm incarnate, an embodied prayer, not of the earth yet dwelling thereupon, nor yet of heaven, although her mission be to teach mankind that heaven is worth the winning. I have seen sturdy brawlers sheath their blades to humbly doff their hats at her approach, and when she's fairly out of hearing, then draw a long breath and go their ways in peace as though the air were charged with loving-kindness. Rude gallants, in whose eyes all womankind are but the subjects of licentious jest, stand back abashed as Gretchen passes by, and hush their converse into decency. Young wanton girls weep tears of honest shame, and old men think of angels in the heaven that is to crown their closing pilgrimage faustus interested
3: who is this maiden
5: my dead uncle's child an orphan dwelling twenty leagues away
3: thou lovest her
5: ay as i love the truth as i love purity and innocence as i love heaven and the good life to come
3: well well go on she is thy kinswoman thou hast a goodly presence and i know thy heart is honest thou hast told thy love
5: i dare to speak of love to gretchen no i'm a rough soldier barrack born and bred my life's a tavern life my closest friends are all rough soldiers and the air i breathe reeks with unholy jests and fumes of wine i dare to speak of love to gretchen why my tongue would shrivel at the blasphemy
3: why what's all this art going from her, and thou dost not dare to tell her of thy love? She is the pearl of maidenhood, and yet thy heart is faint because she is the pearl of maidenhood. Up, man, take heart of grace. Thy love is honest, thy face is fair. Thine heart is true and sound. Thou art a soldier marked for fair reward. Up, man, take heart of grace. No fretting vows stand betwixt thee and such an earthly heaven to think that this most miserable man has all this boundless treasure in his reach and hesitates to grasp it up faint heart come boot and saddle and away with thee ere some more daring and less worthy suitor step in to take her from thee
5: gottfried astonished by my hand twas faustus spake then not the holy
3: friar i spake as man to man as friend to friend i love thee And if such a woman live as thou hast pictured, take her to thine heart while yet thou mayest. Had I loved such a one, I should not now be wearing out my life in these sad solitudes.
5: Gottfried, sadly, there spake the heart and not the lips. Faustus, recollecting himself,
3: may heaven pardon me. I knew not what I said.
5: My dear old friend, come, I must say farewell my troop awaits me we ride through lutzen i shall see her there trumpet heard without to horse dost know the sound faustus sighing
3: i know it well
5: i'll warrant me thy trusty soldier heart bounds as of old despite thy monkish frock at the old trumpet call
3: these things are past may god protect thee in thine enterprise and give thee safe and speedy conduct home
5: amen to that so faustus fare thee well exit gottfried
3: he's gone gone forth to the fair fruitful world the world of life and love the world of hope of open hearts and unchecked sympathies oh foolish priest misleading and misled poor trickster ever duping ever duped cheating thyself into a mad surrender of all that youth holds dearest, cheating others into blind trust of thy sincerity. Thou art a man. The world was made for men. Thou hast a heart. Thy heart is idle here. A curse on all this maddening mummery, this lifelong lie, this living catacomb. Earth, heaven, hell, whichever hears me now, come to my call and bring me back to life.
0: Thunder, lightning. Mephisto appears.
3: Merciful heaven, defend me! Who art thou? What dost thou hear, and what wouldst thou with me?
4: You called me, and I came in hurried haste, lest the two other powers whom you invoked should be before me in the race. Who
3: art thou?
4: A travelling clock-cobbler, who repairs the moral time-piece when it's out of order
3: a truce to riddles
4: then i'll speak more plainly some clocks are well made some are roughly fashioned and need much tinkering springs weaken snap wheels loosen dust gets in and time is lost men lose all faith and put the lyre by as something worse than useless i clock cobbler wind up the moral timepiece make new faces repair this wheel that spring mend here mend there in short i do my very best to make a timepiece that has lost its character pass for a trusty herald of the hour
3: get thee behind me for i know thee now despite thy fair disguise
4: Oh, pardon me i've no disguise this is my own fair form i'm not the horrible embodiment you doctors of the church have painted me a very satyr with a dragon's tail the nursemaid's devil oh short-sighted priests my policy is to allure mankind not to repel them what wouldst thou with me a proper question why you summoned me it is a leading principle with me that no one ever needs to call me
3: twice i spake in haste i did not weigh my words
4: that may be or it may not be i have a character for promptness to maintain and can't afford to risk my reputation on the mere hazard that your words were idle
3: you've saved your character and so depart prime cause of sin accursed of god and man
4: unjust illogical but you're a churchman prime cause of sin why evil comes from good as oft as good from evil motives pooh why half the ills that vex mankind arise from motives that are unimpeachable
3: if goodly seed well sown bear evil fruit the fault is scarcely with the husbandman
4: but why sow any goodly seed at all if evil may result from doing so
3: Why try to stop my sowing goodly seed if it produced the crops that please you best?
4: He's hit the blot. This clear-cut brain of his is wasted in this world of half an acre. Cast off thy frock, come forth with me. The man who can detect my sophisms at a glance is safe enough, without the galling chains that fetter him to prayer and solitude. Come forth with me. THERE IS A FAIR FIELD WITHOUT THESE GLOOMY WALLS, FOR SUCH A BRAIN as THINE, A MERRY WORLD, TEEMING WITH SONG AND DANCE, A GRATEFUL WORLD, WHERE GALLANT DEED AND BRILLIANT ENTERPRISE MEET THEIR DUE REWARD, A LOVING WORLD, WHERE KINDRED HEARTS MAY CHIME IN UNISON, COME FORTH WITH ME.
3: PEACE, GET THEE HENCE AWAY, MY VOWS ARE TAKEN
4: aye and so they are vows not to dream of the gay world without vows not to sigh for temporal vanities vows so to chasten quell and mortify your natural craving for a woman's love that it shall sicken wither starve and die from lack of sustenance rare vows and rarely kept i make no doubt why man you break them every day you live you break them when you weep upon the grave of broken hopes and blighted sympathies of wrecked ambitions and the hundred tombs that crowd this solitary sepulchre you break them when you let your memory loose to revel in the rich ripe luxury of luscious lips soft cheeks and glancing eyes the violet breath the press of warm, soft hands, or the crisp fretful of disorganized hair that wooed your flaming cheek, as, half ashamed, the maiden nestled blushing on your breast, and yet you plead your vows. Like some I know who pray for mankind in the aggregate, and damn them all in
3: detail. Tempt me not. I left the world of women for these walls because I found a woman false as thou. I'll not return.
4: Illogical again. As one is, so are all. Sound argument. You gathered generals from particulars like all your brood. Why, there's no harm in women. I didn't make them. They're my deadliest foes. Why he who of his own unfettered will cuts himself off from pure communion with blameless womanhood withdraws himself from a far holier influence than he finds within these sad and silent solitudes
3: strange sentiments from such as thou
4: for that we devils as you churchmen please to call us are not the simple folk you take us for we are shrewd fellows in our homely way and look facts in the face. I know a maid, a fair and gentle girl, the pink in bloom of all that's loveliest in maidenhood, whose simple truth and pure and blameless life have done my cause more harm in eighteen years than all the monks in Christendom can mend.
3: Is this indeed the truth?
4: Aye, though I tell it.
3: If there lives such a one as thou hast painted, a maiden, pure as the blue breath of heaven, into whose virgin heart no dream of ill hath ever crept, the bloom of whose pure lips is yet unbrushed by man's polluting touch, whose life is open as the very truth, a perfect type of blameless maidenhood, take me to her, and I will learn of her.
4: Hmm. No, I'd rather not. And why? you see we devils have our consciences in vice we can do nearly all that man can do but not quite all there are some forms of sin from which we shrink and this is one of them i have no stomach for such worldly work best get a man to help you
3: mocking fiend misjudge me not as there's a heaven and hell i mean the maid no wrong i'll take thy help if thou wilt give it me but be forewarned i'll make no compact with thee set me free and i will fight thee with the holy aid of her pure innocence be thou forewarned
4: i like your frankness well you're not the first who's tried to rise to heaven on my shoulders Hmm. i don't know i am a match for you but you and she allied The odds are heavy. Well, I'm a student still, and always glad to glean experience when and how I can. I'm curious to see how this will end. If for me, good. But if against me, well, I shall but lose you, and you're no great stake. And so, I'll risk it. See? The maiden comes
0: a vision of gretchen is seen gliding across the stage through the tombstones she is reading a breviary faustus entranced
3: great grace of heaven is this indeed a form of mortal mould speak tempter speak
4: ay flesh and blood like yours taken haphazard from a world of women i'll say you is she not exceeding fair Is there not innocence in every line of that pure face? Is aught more virginal than the sweet sadness of those downcast eyes bent on her breviary? And yet withal, there is a wondrous world of latent love within that maiden heart. The girl will love as few can love when the full time arrives. So take good heed, deal gently with the maid, Or harm may come of it. And that were pity.
3: If there be truth in heaven, there's truth in her. If there be heaven on earth, there's heaven here.
4: Ay, verily. Why, when I look on her, I'm almost tempted to turn saint myself. What would the world do then? Well, what say you? THE CHOICE IS WELL BEFORE YOU. ON ONE HAND, QUIBBLING CHOP LOGIC, LIP AND letter WORSHIP, FLESH IDLY MORTIFIED, UNREASONING DOGMA, THE SHALLOW SOPHISTRIES OF MEANS AND END, STRAWS SPLIT AND SPLIT AND SPLIT AND SPLIT AGAIN, EACH SECTION IN ITSELF INFALLIBLE AND ALL DISSENTIENTS DAMNED. AND ON THE OTHER, PEACE, CHARITY, and mercy simple faith gentle good-will and loving-kindness come priest what say you quick my time is short the
0: apparition raises her eyes from her book and turns to faustus holding out her hand to him
3: spirit of peace divine embodiment henceforth be thou my faith be thou my church Be thou my guide, my hope, my monitress. Henceforth the beacon-light of thy pure soul shall shed its light upon my onward path, and I will follow whither it may lead. Spirit of purity, I come to thee.
1: End of Act 1